So how is your Lent going? Mine suddenly became harder. My desire to live a more disciplined Lent became much more uh, difficult when I discovered a cold stone ice cream place that's just right down the road. And so, uh, so please pray for me. I need your help. Today we are going to talk about guilt. Two weeks ago, the first Sunday of Lent, we talked about conscience. And as I mentioned earlier, that we are going to cover these topics during the year of mercy, and that we're going to look at all of them through the lens of love within a relationship, so that we might experience them and understand them correctly. In order to help us to understand the importance and the concerns about guilt in our human experience, I want to read from you just a short little quote from a Jesuit priest, George Ashenbrenner. Let's listen very carefully to what he says. And he approaches it with regard to the examination of our conscience. Examination has sometimes deteriorated into an overly negative, moralistic approach that highlights the bad actions of the day and which all too often produces the unhealthy guilt of self-hatred. Does that ring any bells? The approach to examination that I propose, he says, gives primary concern to what should always be the main focus, God's love for us in Jesus Christ, always quietly and gently present in all the ordinary details of life. So the question then becomes, how have I responded or not responded to God's love? This approach awakens a healthy sense of guilt, sorrow, and repentance. A healthy, liberating guilt can only come from a genuine experience of the wonder and the beauty and the gift of God's love for us. As we are drawn and attracted to the beauty of God's love, it reveals the inadequacies and the sinfulness of our condition while at the same time giving us the desire to be so much more than we are at present. Seen in this light, sin is always a choice against love. He goes on to say, because of the neurotic experience of unhealthy guilt, there is a tendency today to label all guilt as bad and unhealthy. 
But there is, he says, a true and right guilt that springs from a genuine relationship with God and which does sting, but it stings in the right way because this kind of guilt is born of love, manifesting the presence of a real and deep relationship with God that takes serious anything that could weaken or wound the love that has become the life, the joy, and the treasure of our life. The focus is not so much on self, but on God who is loved. Unhealthy guilt is always anxious, worried about self, excessively fearful of punishment, and preoccupied with failure, at times verging on despair in the face of some unrealistic perfectionism. And who of us does not deal with some form of perfectionism? Healthy guilt does not despair. It does not disturb the peace of the soul, for it is more conscious of the mercy and forgiveness of God, which is always immediately available in the crucified, risen Lord. Is this beautiful or what? This is the right experience and understanding of guilt that, is the, that follows from a relationship of love. So, when my conscience convicts me that I have not responded to love, that I have failed to show love to God or to my neighbor, I feel guilty because I am guilty. And it's as simple as that. And now the guilt feeling, together with my conscience, is to urge me back to God, to urge me back to the path of love, to move me to repent and run into the arms of mercy. And one, once we do that, the guilt dissipates. It has served its purpose. The problem arises when we delay the homecoming because we were never meant to wallow in guilt. This is when guilt starts to harm us and to wear us out. It begins to dampen our joy. It begins to sap our mental and emotional energy. It begins to make us restless, preoccupied with ourselves. We were never meant to wallow 
in guilt or in shame. It never does any good. And part of the difficulty here is the challenge that we have in admitting our fault and our failure. And there are primarily two causes of that. The first one is fear. Sometimes we have a hard time admitting our fault because we're afraid of the consequences. We're afraid of punishment. We are afraid that we will not be received with mercy and with love. And sometimes that's a real fear. The other cause is pride. Pride often underlies all the the mental gymnastics of denial. For example, the rationalizations and excuses that I often make. The the self-justification that I try. Downplaying my sins and thinking they're no big deal. Blaming others for my actions. Sometimes we we waste a lot of time beating ourselves up and condemning ourselves. These are often the, the fruit of pride. The sad thing about this is that when we deny guilt, whether out of fear or because of pride, it doesn't leave. It doesn't go away. It just moves to a new place within us in our subconscious mind. And when the guilt embeds itself in our subconscious, it often festers into various diseases of the soul. For example, various forms of neurotic behavior, irritability, moodiness, supersensitivity, some forms of depression, apathy, and a spirit of criticism of everything and everyone. This is what happens with unresolved guilt. And so one of the movements of grace in our life is to diminish the time lapse between our failure to love and the returning to God. We want that to be zero. We want to go immediately and directly to God after we have failed to love in any way. And this is why Jesus preaches so much about the Father and His mercy because He wants to heal and to purify our image of God and His mercy so that we would grow in confidence and trust and run back to God rather than delay. This is also why Jesus speaks so much about humility. 
so that pride will not keep us stuck in denial and delay our journey back home. So when Jesus comes to us in the Eucharist, let us allow him to purify and heal our image of God and his mercy so that we might run more quickly back into the arms of forgiveness and receive the gift of a new beginning and not suffer the misery of wallowing in guilt and shame. And let us allow him to give us humility of heart that we may not be afraid to admit our faults. Amen.